Hey everyone, welcome back. So I'm just going to be honest, all of these stories are pretty dark and disturbing. The last story specifically mentions very graphic sexual assault. So you might want to skip this whole video. I'll have certain stories labeled in the timestamps in case you want to skip any. But I'm just going to go ahead and say if you don't want to hear disturbing stories, you should probably skip the whole video. If you have your own disturbing dating story yourself, you can send it at southerncannibal.com. Without any more interruptions, let's go ahead and get started. And remember, to always, stay hungry. I'm a female, and this happened not too long after I had just turned 21. I'm also a lesbian, which is relevant to the story. I went on Tinder with the mindset of, whatever happens, happens. Everything was fine for a week, until I had matched with another girl who I'll call Tony. Her profile said she was 21 too, and my age range was set to exclude anyone under 20. She looked her age, and there was no issue. The second we matched, she messaged me. I didn't think much of this. I figured she'd been on her phone and just received the notification of us matching right away. Honestly, sometimes I felt like pulling my teeth trying to get other girls to talk on Tinder. I hope that doesn't sound rude saying that, but most of the girls I matched with just seemed really shy to the point of awkwardness, and it made me feel awkward too. But that's dating apps, I guess. Anyway, Tony messaged me first, which I appreciated and the conversation really flowed. She replied within seconds to everything I said, which did feel slightly overwhelming, but I told myself that I was being too judgmental. We matched in the afternoon. It was like 4 p.m. on a Saturday, and we did message back and forth for a bit. But I had plans that night, so obviously I told her this, and at a certain point I wasn't on my phone much because I was busy. Well, at the end of the night, I saw that I had messages from her, but I thought I'd check them the next day. When I did look, she had sent me 20 messages, some long and some short. She was telling me random stuff she was doing as well as asking me what I was doing. She messaged me goodnight three times, and she told me that she hoped I was sleeping well during the night, as well as saying good morning at 9am. I felt really suffocated and uncomfortable, but I felt really bad for her and I didn't want to be rude. I thought maybe she was just nervous. Maybe she was coming off as super clingy because she'd never talked to another girl with the possibility of romance occurring. It's always a bad idea to ignore your gut instincts, but at the time I really hated seeming rude. I've since learned that it doesn't matter what anyone thinks of you. If someone's being weird, that's it. Walk away. Don't give them the benefit of the doubt when you have that gut feeling that something's wrong. I've had girlfriends in the past, but I know some people don't actually experience that until later. So I thought maybe she was one of those people. I replied nicely, and I told her about my night and asked how she was doing. Again, she replied instantly. It was sort of unnerving. It was like she was glued to her phone 24-7. I felt really pressured to reply fast as well, because if I didn't, she'd send more messages. We chatted for a bit, and the topic of my birthday came up. 
I told her I was excited to finally be 21, when she then told me that she was 19. I was confused by this because her profile said that she was 21, but she told me it was a mistake and she couldn't change it. This had put me off about her even more, especially with what she said next. She told me that it said in her bio that she was really 19 and had put her age in wrong, but that was a lie. I knew that I'd read her bio very carefully before swiping on her, and I know for a fact she did not mention any age mistake. I called her out on it, and she said I was mistaken and to see for myself. What do you know? Her bio suddenly said right in the first line, actually 19, not 21. She obviously edited it right then to try and manipulate me into believing her, but I knew her bio never said that before. I was really annoyed at her for lying. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with an age gap of 19 and 21, but for me, I assumed that I wouldn't have much in common with someone at 19. It isn't a huge gap, but just how I felt. Tony lying to me about her age and going to such a length to pretend that she didn't was also a gigantic red flag to me. Surely if you really did somehow input the wrong age, you would delete your account and remake it, wouldn't you? I no longer replied to Tony, and I finally just unmatched with her. You'd think that would be the end of it, but it wasn't. When I was scrolling through Tinder that night, I came across a profile from Tony. Her age still said that she was 21, but it was clearly a new account that she'd made on a different device. Her profile photos were all the same, and her bio had all caps and said, Please just talk to me. I'm sorry but I really enjoyed talking to you. It addressed me by my name, so I knew it had to be addressed to me. I was so creeped out that I immediately put down my phone and just tried to compose myself. I thought about deleting my own account altogether, but I wasn't sure what to do. I swiped left so we wouldn't match. Then I thought about reporting your profile. Too late now though, since I'd already swiped her away. I hadn't met anyone that I thought could develop into anything, so deleting my account wouldn't have even been a huge deal. Part of me wanted to avoid going on the app, but I kept checking it out of paranoia that I'd see another Tony account. A couple of days passed, and an account from her showed up again. It basically said the same thing, with my name in her bio as if she was talking directly to me. Now, I lived in an average town at the time, so it wasn't like a massive city with millions of people crammed in the same vicinity. I was so freaked out and I knew that I had to delete my account. I never heard from Tony since then, thank God. I don't know what her deal was, but it creeps me out to think that she somehow made other accounts and got the algorithm to see me. I still have so many questions. How many accounts did she make? Are they still up there right now? Is she still searching for me to this day? What did she expect to happen when she lied about her age? And why the hell was she so clingy? It's the first and hopefully only time I've ever had to deal with someone behaving this way. I'll never use Tinder again. I'd much rather meet people in real life. This was an experience that I hadn't thought about until recently when I was having a conversation with a friend. I'm in my late 30s now, so I had to be between 17 to 19 years old when this happened. 
I had briefly dated this guy I met while I was working in the mall. He'd come into the store and flirt with me almost every day that I worked. I was extremely shy and naive, and I wasn't really used to guys approaching me. Thinking back on it now, I'm quite sure he noticed my lower self-esteem and awkwardness. This makes you easy prey for a person with ill intentions. He was a little older than me, being in his mid to late 20s at the time. We had our first day while I was on my break at the food court. Everything went fine until he invited me to his place to hang out after work. Now, this should have been the first red flag before red flags were even a thing. I initially blew it off, but after a few weeks of talking to him on the phone and him still coming to my job for our food court break dates, I decided to meet up with him one day after work. He actually didn't live far from me at all, a good 10 minutes away if that, so I'm on the way to his house. I remember feeling uneasy but also thinking that I was just nervous. Like I said, I hadn't had a lot of dating experience and I was extremely self-conscious at the time. I was damn near rehearsing in my head cool things to talk about and how to hide my quirkiness. I arrived at his house. I go inside and we sit in the living room and start watching TV. He then sparks up a blunt. Now I smoked but not heavily. I smoked more now than I ever would have thought of back then. You know, life despairs as a millennial. But anyway, he passes the blunt to me. I hit it maybe two or three times, and immediately I knew that something was off. I remember feeling way too high having taken just a couple of puffs. I also noticed that he wasn't smoking when I passed it back to him. He was pretending to hit it, then passing it back to me saying that I needed to light it again. I also had trouble keeping the blunt lit. I think I had put it down out of frustration with this and decided to just focus on chilling with him. Also, my head was spinning and I started to feel increasingly incapacitated. I remember him suggesting that I finish my smoking, then lay down and relax a bit. At this point, I was just ready to leave and get the hell out of there. I remember it being so difficult to stand up. He notices this and he gets up like he's trying to help me get up, but he kept pushing me further on the couch. At this point, real fear sets in as I now realize he has ulterior motives and it's escalating quickly. Now, I'm not small by a long shot, but I was struggling like hell as he was trying to take off my clothes. He had me by my throat and was forcibly kissing my neck. I managed to roll down onto the floor and he fell down with me. We tussled a bit, but I eventually got up and stumbled to the door and made it outside. He was running behind me. As fade, favor, or whatever you want to call it has it, the police just so happened to be at the stop sign down the street. When he saw the police, he ran back in the house. I remember trying to flag them down, but I don't think they saw me, as they just kept going. This area wasn't the best, so the police patrolled quite a lot. It's kind of funny because we all used to joke about how they were not even stopping crime, even though they seemed to be on every block all the time. But after this day, I most certainly believe their mere presence stopped a more serious crime. I fumbled my keys and got in my car. I drove down the street and pulled over after turning at the stop sign. I was so out of it. Everything was double blurry and I was hallucinating. 
Thankfully, I made it home after driving two miles an hour the entire way. I sat in my car for what felt like hours, debating if I should call an ambulance and just tell the truth about smoking. Clearly, it was more than weed in the blunt. I felt horrible. My heart was racing and my head was pounding. I called my friend and she told me to just sleep it off. She said so casually that it was probably some angel dust or some form of crack or cocaine. Yeah, we're no longer friends for a number of reasons, but that's another story. Stories if I'm being real. But I did finally make it to my house and I woke up the next day with a hangover. Not like an alcohol hangover, but more of an exhausting feeling if that makes sense. I pretty much nursed myself the next day while reflecting on my choices. There were so many lessons with this situation. I essentially went to a stranger's house as a teenager and I was drugged and almost sexually assaulted. This really made me fearful to date or even talk to anyone new for a long time. I never smoked again unless I saw it being rolled by a trusted person, which was usually within my friend group. I did see this guy a couple of times after this. He would come by my job and just smirk at me. It was truly terrifying, and it gave me a literal panic attack. I found another job shortly after this, and I really kind of regret not calling the police. I don't know if it would have done any good, but who knows how many girls have fallen victim to this sorry asshole. I still to this day have never found out what the blunt was laced with, but I have a tip for marijuana smokers. If you ever have trouble lighting your joint or blunt, that's a key indicator that there's more than just weed in it. Also, after hearing this, it should go without saying to only smoke with people that you completely trust. If you aren't rolling it, take a look at the weed before it's rolled. If that feels awkward, just say you want to look at the buds for strain study or something. It may sound nerdy, but who doesn't love the educated smoker in the group? Seriously, guys, be careful. I've learned that not everyone has good intentions, no matter how persistent they are with showing interest in you. It also helps when you're not making stupid decisions like I did. Regardless, it doesn't give this guy and guys like this a pass. Be safe, everyone. I'm a 34-year-old female, but the story happened when I was maybe about 19 or 20 on Valentine's Day. Growing up, I never dated anyone until I was 17. Needless to say, I never had a valentine. So on the day this happened, I had posted on my Facebook wall that I would again be single with no date. Yeah, I was that girl, so that people would feel bad for me and try to cheer me up and maybe even boost my ego. I had gotten one reply from a recent friend request. A guy who now I can't even remember his name but I do remember he was a good-looking man. He messaged me saying that he would be alone too, and that maybe we should keep each other company on such a special day. I LOL'd, and I asked what did he have in mind, to which he replied with, Dinner and a movie. I agreed, and we made plans on time where he could pick me up. That day I worked, but I would get out at an early enough time to go out on this date. I got home, got ready, and I told my mom I would be spending the night at my best friend's house. My mom believed it and just said, Okay, Miha, just be careful. This guy was supposed to pick me up at 7.30 to 8 at my building complex. 
I got the message that he was outside, and I grabbed my things to leave. When I get in his car, we greeted each other, and I remember thinking, Oh my god, he's so cute. He had asked me about my day, and if I was ready to go, which I replied with, Yeah, let's go. He asked me if I wanted to go to a movie theater in my area. I lived in D.C., and I said we could go anywhere that wasn't too far. Virginia or Maryland was less than 20 minutes away. Also, parking where I lived was horrible, and people would usually just get around in the train or buses. So he says we can go to Virginia and watch a movie there, and then we can go eat. I agreed, and off we went. I was pretty familiar with the area that we had driven through, so I knew where the movie theater was and we were going the opposite way. I then said, Um, isn't the movie theater the other way? He replied back with, Yeah, but I don't like that one. There's a better one this way. Is that cool? Something in me felt a little off, but I just agreed and said, Yeah, sure, whatever you say. Everything seemed normal, until he then turned right into a dark road. There were houses, but it looked like a newly constructed neighborhood, and the houses that were built completely were dark, which is weird because even if everyone's in bed, there's always some type of sign that people live in there. I started to panic a bit, and asked him, Um, what's this? Why are we going through this street? And he smirked and looked at me, then said, don't worry, I just want a little bit of alone time with you to get to know you. My heart started to race. I felt like this is the moment where I get sexually assaulted and maybe even killed. He parked and got closer to me and attempted to kiss me, but I just pulled away and told him that I didn't want to do that. He then decided to grope me on my chest, then said, Relax, baby. It's okay. I pushed him off of me, and I told him we're not going to hook up. He began to freak out, then saying, What the fuck? No girls ever said no to me. You should feel lucky to be with a guy like me. He kept repeating that over and over. My eyes widened, and I was in complete shock, but I mustered up the courage to say, Well, I guess there's a first time for everything then. He looked at me with disbelief that I was the one saying no. A 5'3", over 200 pounds girl was saying no to a tall, muscular, build, handsome guy like him. I could tell that his ego was really hurt, and I was really scared of what was going to happen next. A million thoughts ran through my head. Should I get off now? Where will I go? I don't know where I am. I really think God was on my side that night, because this man turned his car on, then sped off then took a different route, and I told him, Take me home now. If I knew you just wanted to hook up, I never would have came out with you. You really should have told me about your intentions, and then let me decide if I wanted the same thing. He just ignored me, and he drove to the nearest metro station and waited for me to get out. I was in shock, to say the least, but I gladly got out of the car and then slammed his door. He sped off, and I was stuck at a station that had been closed for construction. I called my best friend, and she said she'd get me a taxi and pay for it. I thank God every day for giving me a best friend like her, and for not letting anything bad happen to me that night. 
After that experience, you'd think I'd learn to stop dating people online, but that continued. What I didn't do again was meet someone alone or at night. After that, I don't know what happened to that guy. I just remember blocking him and never looking back. It was truly one of the scariest things to happen to me. My name is Felicia, and I'm a woman who's always developed better relationships with people online than in real life, but I've had a share of bad experiences, and this is one of them. I remember when I was around 22 years old, I went out on a date with a guy that I met on Meet Me that I'm going to just refer to as he, and trust me, it was a very messed up situation. He first walked me around the city, just really enjoying the evening sky. With being a gypsy and always on foot, it didn't bother me whatsoever, but he was also having this awkward weird conversation that he chose for us to have as he ignored my topics and such. But then he was insisting that we go back to his house for a movie and pizza, which didn't seem weird, or so I thought. So I agreed, and I didn't realize that he had literally been leading me there for the last 10 minutes without me knowing, until we show him to his house only a few minutes later. We went there and we were watching the movie, when he kept trying to cuddle and kiss me, but I just kept avoiding it all, to the point that I sat on the floor away from the couch would made him angry and he started talking crap to me for doing it. He never ordered or cooked dinner, and when I started feeling severe stomach pain, I went to this bathroom and I had a medical issue. I was bleeding pretty badly, so when I came out and announced I had to go home, he got even angrier than before. I tried getting my shoes on and he then grabbed them, as well as my purse before pushing me into his room, then onto his bed and told me to go to bed. He put my stuff on the side of the bed beside him, and he laid down with his back to me. So I pretty much laid there for what felt like an eternity, before he was hard body snoring, so I knew he was asleep. That was when I carefully and slowly rolled off the bed onto the floor, and then crawled over to get my things, and then crawled out of the room. I quietly put on my shoes and unlocked the door. I then slipped out and closed it before running down the stairs and then rushing out into the night air, but I didn't stop running until I got all the way home. I got home just in time to deal with the medical issue and change my clothes. I was in a shocked state for over an hour or so before my friend and roommate woke up and found me laying in the tub crying. Yeah, it was a really awful experience that I don't wish on anyone. Please everyone, please be safe. My name is G. I'm a 23-year-old woman, and I'm in the happiest relationship of my life. But it wasn't always this way. Around what I think was 2017, I was socially awkward and I spent most of my time online. I had gotten out of an awful relationship full of trauma, and I didn't want to meet anyone. But this isn't the ex I'm here to talk about. At the time, there was an app called Geeking. It was this weird app for role-playing, and 15-16 to 16 year old me loved it. However, it is now off the app store because of some alleged pedophilic actions by either the creators or the users. I can't remember which, but that isn't the point. I'd met some people on there. 
one of which I'm still close friends with to this day. But I also met John. John and I headed off pretty quickly. I dropped my roleplay persona fairly early because he was pretty easy to talk to. He was very pervy though, and he liked to erp a lot over the text function. Erp meaning erotic roleplay. I found out that he was one year older than I was at the time, and that he lived somewhere in Indiana. I lived in Virginia at the time. It was unlikely that we'd ever meet in person. John had no plans for college, but he had plans to become a voice actor. He spent all of his time playing video games, masturbating, and smoking pot. But young me was naive, and for some reason, I suppose it was loneliness and extreme anxiety interacting with people in real life. We started dating shortly after I graduated high school online. I had never met him in person, but we had talked a lot about it. Neither of us told our parents we were dating. He said it wasn't a good idea since my folks are very judgy, which they still are to this day. We dated in secret for a long time, and finally college had started for me. It felt like I had everything in line perfectly. I felt like my life was coming together. I felt safe enough to tell John about my sexual trauma from my past relationship, which was a big mistake. He had asked me all sorts of uncomfortable questions about it, almost like he was fetishizing it. I remember him actually asking me if it felt good when my ex raped me. He asked me if I'd ever done butt stuff with my ex. I felt very uncomfortable but I thought he was just looking out for me, so I said I hadn't. Well, a couple of nights later, he confessed to getting off to the thought of doing what my ex did to me, even saying that he wanted to anally rape me until I bled. He talked in great detail about taking my anal virginity from me because he couldn't take my actual virginity. He could tell that he had upset me, then it got mad at me when I said it had. He told me to get over it, then he hung up on me. I apologized to him the next morning after crying myself to sleep that night, really wondering what I'd done wrong. Pretty soon, college had started. I lived on campus, and I wanted to do campus activities like any freshman would. I was determined to rebrand myself and start fresh. John didn't like this. He would regularly complain or cause fights before I was about to go do something. And when I'd go off to do something on my own, whenever I'd get back, he'd call me a bitch and then accuse me of cheating on him, since I was hanging out with some guy friends from a class I was taking. Side note, sort of. I should have noticed this was a red flag early on, but I didn't. I thought I was happy and in love. I'm bisexual, meaning I'm attracted to both men and women. Before John and I were dating, he had multiple ERP partners. I didn't mind this, but I had asked him to stop when we started dating. He said that wasn't fair because I was limiting him. I'm bisexual, so he thought it would be okay if I have sex with women but not men, so therefore he can erp with other girls and I didn't get to be hurt. I don't know why I took that. I didn't want to do anything with anyone else but him. I quickly stopped going to places in college. I didn't go to club activities, and pretty soon I was way too depressed to even go to class, and I actually failed my first semester. My parents were pissed, understandably. I said that I'd do better the next semester after winter break. 
That Christmas break would change my entire life. We were visiting family in Kentucky, which was about a three-hour drive from John. We decided that stupidly we would meet up, and I'd stay with him for a couple of weeks until I go back to school. My parents were against it, but I was determined to make it work. In January of 2020, after dating in secret for five months, we finally met up, and it was weird. My parents got a room, and John's mom was going to take him and I to dinner, since, you know, he didn't have a driver's license. We went to a Red Lobster. He, his mom, and I sat at the table, and he casually said that, Oh yeah, G and I are dating, and she kind of just went, Oh, I kind of figured since you talk about her all the time, and then we ate dinner in peace. His mom had to run errands or something, and had brought us along, but we could stay in the car. In the back of the car, John was touching my thigh. I was really uncomfortable because his mom could have caught us, but he kept going. Eventually, his mom went into the store, and before I knew it, he was then kissing me and touching my chest. I wasn't expecting it, and it felt weird. He was squeezing way too tight, and it hurt. He pulled back and looked around before unzipping his pants. I told him that I didn't think that was a good idea, but he insisted that I suck it a little bit. When I said that I still didn't know, he then said that he could always just make me, so it's much better if I just agree. So I did as I was told. His mom came back after he decided he was done with me, and we went back to the hotel. She had told my parents that John and I were dating, and that she was more than happy to have me stay for a while. Everything went to shit. My mom started screaming and crying, and a lot of things were said that I regret to this day. John and his mom left, planning to pick me up so I could stay with them for the month. That night, my parents screamed at me, and when I tried to sleep, my mom sat over me and just glared at me while I slept, which, by the way, I didn't get any real sleep that night. I just laid there. John and his mom picked me up at 8 a.m. the very next day, and my parents left for Virginia. She dropped us off at his former stepdad's house and went back to her place. John and I were alone, and I wanted to go to sleep. I got in his bed, and I closed my eyes so I could sleep. He held me close, and he asked what was wrong. I said that I just didn't feel good and that I wanted to sleep. He held me tighter then saying, I know something else that'll make you feel good. I knew exactly what he was implying, and I asked him if we could do that later on, that I had a long night and I just wanted to sleep. I was so tired. That's when he then sat up and got out of bed. I had unpacked some of my stuff, like a laptop and some clothing. He started packing it away angrily, telling me that I may as well just go back home. I was crying. He knew that I didn't want to go home and that there was no way for me to do that. I didn't want to go home, so I just let him have his way with me. It felt like an out-of-body experience. It was like I was just watching someone else. After he was done, he had held me close and kissed me, telling me that he loved me and I was wonderful. He then went to sleep, and I just cried. Throughout the whole month, we would just spend time either at his ex-stepdad's or his mom's. He regularly drugged and raped me. 
That month of my life is a blur. I don't really remember any of it. I finally went home on a bus ride, but I was way too embarrassed to tell my parents they were right and that being with John was a bad idea. I lied to them and I told them he was a perfect gentleman the entire time. After that, my life for the next two years went by fast and then the pandemic happened. I did community college and I kept failing courses. John demanded all of my time and he would threaten me if I didn't talk to him 24-7. He continued to tell me that I was worthless and how I didn't deserve him. The story does have a happy ending though. About one year into my community college, I had made friends with this really nice guy. He developed a crush on me and we became close friends. He helped me realize very quickly that I didn't deserve how John was treating me. He treated me with more kindness than anyone had ever had in my life. I eventually found the courage to finally leave John, and I largely credit my friend to helping me out. It scares me to think that I'd still be with John if it weren't for him. He and I have now been dating for almost three years, and I've never been happier. John, if for whatever reason you're hearing this, I hope that I never run across you again and that you can either get help or heal the toxic abusive person that you are. Good luck with that.